Hey guys, welcome back to Redirected. I'm Andrew East. And if you tuned in last week, you saw that I did an episode with Sadell Curry where we were at this event called the ASICS Eternal Run out in Salt Lake City, Utah. And rarely have I ever gotten the feedback or the response that I did talking about that eternal run and people wanting to learn more about it. So I thought I'd sit down with you guys and do an entire episode dedicated to sharing what the event was all about and my experience with it. So if you guys are new here, before we get started, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and give this show a rating and review that really helps us out. And I also need to give a big shout out to ASICS who put on this entire event. And the purpose was to launch and test their new shoe called the ASICS Glide Ride, which you can find out more about and get your own pair Find that in the show notes down below. So let me set the stage for you here. Uh, a couple of weeks before the event, I got a phone call from ASICS, and they were interested in bringing me in. They said they were going to have other athletes there, and it was a test for mental toughness. They didn't share anything else besides that, and they gave me instructions to do a benchmark test, right? What the test was was an interval test that was 15 minutes total, and you were supposed to run three minutes at a 1% or at a 10% intensity, take a one minute break, three minutes at a 30% intensity, take a one minute break, three minutes at a 50% intensity, one minute break, 70% one minute break, and 90% intensity. All right, so that whole test takes 15 minutes and I had to do it outside on a track. They measured your distance and your heart rate apparently and they were gonna use this in constructing this, this competition that again, we knew nothing about. So Sean and I hop on a plane and we go out to Salt Lake City and I had never felt the competitive thrill or the anxiety as much as I had felt during the lead up to that competition. I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like my body was ready, but I wasn't sure. And when we got to the hotel out in Salt Lake City, I started seeing other athletes there. So you get to know them. One guy played 15 years in the Premier Soccer League. Another was an ultra marathon runner. Another was an Olympic short distance, like 800-meter runner. So you start meeting these different athletes. And obviously, it's a running event because, again, ASICS is actually the number one uh, brand in running. Um, and so I figured it was going to be a running event, but I didn't know how they were going to incorporate me, the 230-pound football player, and pit me against or, or put me in a competition against you know, this ultra marathon runner. We're completely different athletes. Um, how are they going to balance that out? So we had this whole series of, of kind of meetings and events that we were supposed to go to. There was a stretching class. There was this yoga class, different kind of things to help prep us for the event. And we had a meeting on the Friday night before the Saturday run. So at this point, I'm in a room with the other athletes and uh, there's a professional CrossFitter, there's a, an Olympic marathon runner, there is uh, a couple more ultrathon mar marathon runners, there's these fitness gurus who like lead fitness classes and do fitness professionally. And look, I'm, I'm in good shape, but uh, compared to these people, like, you know, I, I weigh 230 pounds and I have some disadvantages in some areas, although, you know, advantages in others, like I was if it was a weight competition, I'd, I'd probably do pretty well, but I didn't figure that, that this was a weight competition. So anyway, we get sat down on this Friday night and they tell us that the next morning we have a 3 a.m. wake up. We're going to drive down to the salt flats, which was about two hours away, and we would be given a pace there. We didn't know what that pace was, but we were told that if we drop below that pace per mile three times, we'd be yanked from this race. 
They didn't give us any course. They just said that it was an open field. We could run wherever. They mentioned that there was no start line. It was a starting arc. And so we would all kind of shotgun start and run wherever we, d we wanted to in this big old field. Also, they said, and this is crucial information, that we could stop three times for no longer than 10 minutes during the race. So we could make 10-minute stops to grab a snack, to go to the bathroom, whatever. And you couldn't take, a, you couldn't take two back-to-back. -back. So it had to be 10-minute intervals. You could take three of them. And if you, if you went over more, that's a strike, you're pulled. Um, that was an interesting twist. So I started, I started to kind of strategize in my mind, okay, what can I do strategically to win this race? It didn't seem like there was a lot of pieces to be strategic with, but I started thinking, okay, I can use these 10-minute breaks in a smart way, and I can also, I can also come up with my own kind of time measurements to know when I should stop and and what patterns I can be running in to keep my mind awake and alert. And so I started to try to strategize even though it felt like there was no strategy to be given. As they were describing this, Sean was sitting right next to me and I was just so excited. I was so thrilled because I was like, this is what I've always wanted as an athlete. I've always wanted an opportunity to test my mental toughness. And that's what, this, that's, that's what they were doing. So they described to us how they used the sports scientists to evaluate all of our benchmark tests that we did, that 15-minute interval test. And essentially what they did was they gave each of us this pace per mile that equalized the muscular and cardio component of running that left us solely to compete against our mental toughness, right? So the, the, the ultra marathon runner had a way quicker pace per mile than I did. And that way we were able to compete against each other truly and see who was more mentally tough. The, the game was who could outlast the other person. So here's the interesting thing. If everybody did the benchmark test correctly and at the appropriate intensities, everybody should theoretically fail at the same time. It'll be different distances, but everybody should fail at the same time. The only variable factor is the mental toughness. Will I quit when I feel the burn immediately or will I push through that for a certain amount of time that to me was the interesting part about this whole test and so again I'd I'd always wanted to test myself it's just curious you know you always have this trash talk as a football player like oh we're basketball players are so mentally weak and they got it easy and they're soft and baseball players aren't even athletes and they're out there you know they just stand in a field Soccer players, you know, you'd think they'd be in good condition, but, but you never actually get to test yourself against different athletes. And so I was just, initially, I had this, this thrill of excitement. And then as I started thinking about the fact that I might not be as mentally tough as I, as I thought I was, or that I might not be the most mentally tough in the room, I started to get really, really nervous. So we went to bed that night. I ate a similar meal as I did uh, during the marathon when I did the Boston Marathon. Uh, had a similar pregame meal. Went to bed at like, you know, 7 o'clock. Sean was there consoling me the whole time. She was extremely jealous that she couldn't be a part of this. You know, she's pregnant, and it's not advised that she run long distances or strain herself like that. But she was help prepping me. She gave me a little leg rub down. She helped, you know pull up a warm bath for me. And, and we went to bed early 3am wake up 
And again, I'm nervous. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's about to go down. I don't know what my pace is. I'm hoping it's something that is reasonable and I could go out there for, you know, at least a, a half hour, 45 minutes. So we we drive out in the pitch black. Utah is the most beautiful state to do a road trip in, by the way. If you haven't, I highly recommend it. Southern Utah, all of Utah, it's just amazing. Um, and so, you know, we were driving south. There's the the rim of the sunrise on the horizon. On the way down, I was listening to David Goggins. Just, you know, he's this ultra marathon runner who says that, when you meet your limit, when you feel like you're at failure, you're only 30% of what you're capable of. And so I was listening to all this motivational stuff. I was pumped up. I was ready to go. And uh, we get to the salt flats. And it's like we pulled up to a different planet. It's it's literally like we were on the planet Mars. We pull up and, and there's this tent that they had set up with the wind blowing. They had these red lights and it had this kind of eerie feel uh, to, to the experience. And all the athletes unload. They have us change into our running gear. They have us go to the bathroom. I don't know if you guys are like me, but I I have to go to the bathroom before any big competition. And then it's a very short turnaround before they're having us do this warm-up run that lasted about five minutes. And then we're supposed to meet back at this tent where they're going to give us our pace. Now, when I talk about the salt flats, I was shocked at how soft the surface was. So I thought that this was going to be a, a very hard surface like asphalt. But when we got out there, we quickly realized that the salt had been dampened, I think, the night before by a rainfall. And so it was collecting on our shoes. I wasn't sure how I was going to play that, but it definitely factored in, and it took a huge toll on my muscular uh, endurance. So again, I am, I am nervous. I'm excited. I'm talking with the other athletes. Some are, some are like down to have a chit chat. Some are not. I think everybody was in game mode and you know, that displays itself different. I kind of like to chit chat, uh, in case you ever compete against me, I I will talk your ear off. Um, so we all get huddled up and, um, they start calling out names. So one marathon runner got her pace. It was like 1330. The CrossFit guy got his pace. It was like 12 minutes. The Olympic marathon runner got his pace. It was seven minutes and 29 seconds. Again, we're not supposed to drop below this pace more than three times. If you do, you get pulled from the race. So they keep going. They keep going. I'm one of the last names to be pulled. They give me my card and my heart drops. Immediately, I start panicking. It says seven minutes and 40 seconds. It was the second fastest time in the whole entire field behind the 130-pound Olympic marathon runner, right? So I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. They have us test out what that pace feels like, right? And I'm in, I'm in, I'm hauling during that that test out period. I'm alongside the 800-meter Olympic runner, and he turns to me. He says, "Dude, you can't hold that pace more than 15." He says he couldn't hold that pace more than 10 minutes. So I'm like, "Yeah," and I'm I'm huffing and puffing after three minutes of holding that pace, and and I kind of go sit down. And collect my thoughts. I don't know what to expect when the 800 meter runner goes and pulls the sports science guy aside and says, you got to drop his pace. So they put me in the same category as a CrossFitter and they gave me 10 minutes and 45 seconds was my pace. So a little side note on the interval test. I feel like as a sprint power athlete, my, t- my benchmark test was a little biased since it was like a three minute interval. 
I can hold a pretty steep pace for three minutes. Obviously not the same pace as the Olympic marathon runner, but compared to the other athletes, it's more like three minutes you can, you can push pretty hard on. And also I probably didn't run my 10% intensity as slow as I should have. So my test was a little skewed, uh, for, for future reference, in case you're curious out there, why I got such a quick pace. Um, I probably did the test wrong and it was also, uh, a little favored towards me as a power athlete. Anyway, we all have lockers. It's this beautiful setup. They had brought out all this equipment. Again, it was for this launch of the new shoe called the glide ride. And so my locker is number two. I found out that's because I had the second fastest pace. So in the locker, you had a camelback with water in it. You had socks, you had a hat, and maybe a pair of gloves. And then they also gave you Bluetooth headset, right? So here's a catch. This whole thing was to test mental toughness. And if you're anything like me, music or knowing how much longer you have left can really be crutches for your mental state. So the game was you couldn't be out there with music playing, with podcast playing, you couldn't have a watch that told time. It was just, or you couldn't have your cell phone. You couldn't be making calls during the run. It was just you and your mind and nothing else. And the reason they did it in the salt flats was so that you didn't have landmarks to help push you to. So like, you know, when I'm out on a run here in Nashville, there'll always be a stop sign or a tree or whatever the, you know, the landmark is that I'll be like, Oh, I can make it that much further. In the salt flats, there is no landmark because it's literally, imagine desert, right? It's just desert. So they gave you this Bluetooth headset that they were going to call you on every time you drop below your designated pace. That was the only thing that they they had those Bluetooth headsets for. You couldn't play any music in them, whatever. So then we do all the intros and we run out and it was like this big, you know, they had an announcer there. They called my name, professional football player. I was right behind Wayne Bridge, who's this legendary English premier soccer player. We run to the starting arc, and they kind of give us a debrief one last time of, hey, don't drop below this for, for longer or for more than three times and go as long as you can. They also asked us at the very last second how long we expected to be out there for. So at a 10:30 pace, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll probably be out there for – I don't know, it's going to be hot. So I said one minute and 40 or one hour and 45 minutes, which I thought would, was going to be pretty accurate. It was a terrain that I wasn't familiar with. 1030 is like a decent pace for long distance and an hour 45 felt like a long time to be out there. Hey guys, I wanted to stop for a second and tell you about something that Sean and I have been using for the past week or so. And it's a habit forming program that is focused on significant lasting goals for a healthier lifestyle. We all know that getting in shape isn't just about losing weight. It's about learning healthier habits and feeling better about yourself, whatever that means for you. Well, what if you could use one program for all your health and weight loss needs? Noom is a training app, it's a calorie counter, and it's a meal plan all in one. Plus, you get a goal specialist, mine's name is Emily, and a community of members to keep you motivated and accountable. Noom is unlike any program I've ever used or seen before. They really focus on your ultimate why to help you understand and motivate your new healthy habits. My goal? Well, it's to help make sure that I can still beat my son in wrestling in 18 years or take my daughter on an awesome outdoor adventure. Noom does a great job at educating and motivating me in a fun way that keeps me coming back. 
and it empowers me to be encouraged that I can go out and be health conscious. My social life doesn't have to suffer. The app is super easy and gives you a daily list of tasks with a coach and a group, shout out to Rachel and Clarissa, to help you through it. Noom is a habit-changing solution based in psychology that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses that teach you why you do the things you do and arms you with the tools to break the bad habits and replace them with better ones. And don't be intimidated. Noom just asks you to commit 10 minutes a day, and it's really become a 10 minutes that I've grown to enjoy. You don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, that's N-O-O-M dot com slash redirected. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash redirected to start your trial today. That's Noom.com slash redirected, the last weight loss program you'll need. It really is awesome, guys. Check it out in the link in the show notes. So they give us the, the starting horn, and off we go. Everybody off in different directions. <laughs> and there I was, just me running towards the sunrise, surrounded by these other athletes that we're all going at different paces with. And my initial thought was, hey, Andrew, just don't be the first one out. And then I realized that if I was going to actually succeed in this race, I needed to change my mindset and, and say, hey, you're going to go until you can't go anymore. So what did that mean for me? I said, I'm going to go until I cramp up and my legs and muscles literally don't let me go anymore. So we start going. I'm staring straight into the most epic sunset I've ever seen in my life. It's amazing. You got the salt flats, then there's this mountain range on the horizon, and then the sun coming up over top of that. It was awesome. And I'm running next to this CrossFit guy named Kenny. So I got my first strike about 10 minutes in because Kenny and I were chit-chatting, jogging beside each other, and I looked down at my watch, and I dropped below 1045. Now, the tricky thing was about these watches, it wasn't really live time. They would kind of jump. They would be delayed, and they would jump in five-second intervals. I was so mad at myself and upset that I blew my first strike so early. But after that, I didn't make that mistake again. I took off by myself. I wasn't going to chit-chat. I was there to win this thing. I started thinking about, as I was running towards the sunrise, what my motivations were and what I was going to think about for the next couple hours because it was just me and no distractions. So I started telling about my life story. I started talking about my dad and how he had such a big role. He did Ironmans and he's the reason I started football. And I started thinking about my brothers, my, my oldest brother, Guy, is this Olympic cyclist. JD is the reason that I really am into sports and competitive at all. He was always pushing me. And then I started thinking about the, the child that we would soon have. And now we're at this point, less than one month from having our first kid. And I realized, I never got this before, but I realized that that was my main motivation. I wanted to succeed and win this race because I wanted my son or daughter to know that I was a badass. I wanted them to know that that I was out there and I wanted to tell them this story that I went that I went against 20 other professional athletes and I won in a contest of mental toughness. I wanted to do that so that they could have this example um that, you know, maybe they'd be inspired by themselves. So go on this journey. I start telling my life story. I'm literally talking out loud. I had this GoPro here. <laughs> and I'm, I'm curious who had to go through that because it had to be hilarious to like listen to me talking to myself. But I realized 
that there was a way to tell time and I was going to look at the sun and see how far off the horizon it was based off of distance. So I would, I would hold up my fingers like this. And again, I'm jogging this whole time. So I'm kind of bouncing, but I'm gauging how high the sun is based off of my fingers. And so I figured out that about two fingers was a 10 minute time period. So I went, I started running, I was doing zigzags just to keep things interesting. And the further we got away from this tent, the softer the salt got. This is another part of the strategy. Besides telling the time, there was also four-wheel tracks. And so I realized that the tracks were probably more uh, compacted than the salt itself. So I was only going to run on the tracks so that I didn't accumulate as much salt on the bottom of my shoes. Now, again, these things, if you would have seen them a couple hours ago before I washed them, were coated in salt. And on the bottom and everything, it would just collect, like, it felt like a couple pounds of salt during every, you know, 10 strides or so. And so you'd have to run, kind of drag your heels and, and knock the salt off. But I ran on the the uh, the compacted trails that had already been laid and, and, and driven on. So I'm going, I'm going. I see people stop at uh, this, you know, they, they were taking their first 10-minute break and... I, I wanted to go for what felt like at least an hour. So I was going to go until there was like six fingers up in the air. I'm telling my life story this whole time. And by the, by the time I made it to the essentially the second restaurant stop where people were stopping for the 10-minute breaks, I realized I wanted to go a little bit longer. So I turned around and other people kept running further, but I didn't want to keep running into the thicker salt. So I turned around back to the tent. And it must have been about an hour and a half before I took my first stop. Took my 10-minute break, milked that thing. I took some salt tablets because what kept me and held me in the marathon was my quads and my calves were cramping. And so I didn't, I didn't want that to happen again for as long as possible. And so I was just popping these salt tablets. Um, and I would just sit down until about eight minutes. And then I would stand up and kind of lightly walk around. So... By the time I took my first break, there's probably 10 athletes out. Sean was, meanwhile, I didn't know this until after, watching at the tent, the, the base camp tent, they had this big Hunger Games portal where they would show people's faces and where they were and the pace that they were keeping and were they still in the race or not and would show everybody. It was literally like a Hunger Games-esque display. So I go out and after my first break, I was tired, right? I wasn't in the mood of like inspiration or motivation. I lost that, lost that edge. And it was just, I went black. I don't know how you guys go when you compete, but I kind of black out. Like on the football field, once I'm I'm off the field, don't ask me what happened out there. It was just me following my instincts. So that was what happened to me after my first break was I just ran out and I was like, I'm just going to go as far as possible. I'm starting to look at the other athletes, trying to gauge how many people are out there. I went for probably 25 minutes and came back for a 10-minute break. So now we're we're about two hours and five minutes into this thing, right? And by the time I took my second break, I, f- I had a feeling that I was in the at least top half. So there's maybe like 10 athletes left. And I really started to feel tight in my, uh, in my quads. And I was like, oh, no, not this again. Ate some more salt tablets, went out for about 20 minutes, came back this point we're about two minutes or two hours and 30 minutes into it went out for my last 
break and I, I didn't see a lot of people in, in the field. Right. It was, you know, you kind of look and since it's so flat, you can see little heads bouncing. And so I say, okay, I'm going to turn around and just try to make it back to the, back to the tent, which by my calculations was probably a half hour away. Right. Based off fingers. So, and, um, I start running and gosh, cramp, cramp, cramp. Every step, it was just hurting, hurting, hurting. And I was like, no, I'm going to make it to the tent. I'm going to make it to the tent. I'm going to make it to the tent. And I'm starting to limp. My hip gets tight. I'm just thinking, take one more step. Just take one more step. Like you don't want to lose this. Put it all out there because you don't want to go back to the tent and then find out that if you had only gone for 10 more minutes, you would have won. So I was just giving it everything I can. And before you knew it, my whole legs lock up. I fall to the ground and I get the call saying that I broke below the pace three times. Now, I was a little confused because we were supposed to get calls every time we dropped below, but apparently they had cell phone service issues where they tried to call me, but there's no service, so it didn't come through. So I'm laying there and <sighs> he tells me, the guy on the other side of the phone says, you did a good job. I don't know what that means. I don't know if he was patronizing me, but I was like, did I win? How did I do? Did I give it my all? That was the point of like real self-evaluation. Right when the race finished, I had to evaluate. Did I lay it all out there? Fortunately, I feel like I probably gave it 98%. I might have had a couple more minutes in me, but I really milked everything I had out of my body. And I was, I was really, really proud of how I did. And so we had this camel back and in it was this red flag. So you're supposed to drape that around your shoulder. Somebody picked you up in a four wheeler and they drove you back. I get back and I get interviewed and I still don't know how I did. I'm dying to know, to know Sean comes up to me. She gives me this big hug. She says, she's so proud of me. And, um, I say, how did I do? And she says, you got fourth. So I was like, okay, fourth out of 25 professional athletes, you know, I start comparing myself to who must be else out there. And so it was a soccer player, the ultra marathon runner was still out there and this fitness guru. And I was like, all right, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be less mentally tough than anybody, I guess that, that these three would be good ones to fall behind. I sat down, I had this big plate. My legs are just cramping, dying. Sean sitting there just saying how proud she is of me. And I was reflecting, I was like, what an amazing, amazing experience. You look out, you see these beautiful salt flats, the mountain range behind it. At this point, it had gotten so hot, and I think that's what contributed to my cramping. It was about 95 degrees, and anytime you weren't in the shade, it was just brutal, um, just beating down on you. And uh, it was just like it was like the most, the most content I had been with the competition ever. There was no expectations beforehand that I could have been let down by. Obviously, I didn't win the whole thing, but um, there's the lady who did was this ultra marathon runner, and uh, the camaraderie that was that was found after within the other athletes. It was just like so much fun because you knew everybody there gave it their all. Um, and oh my gosh, I just literally I I want to put this whole thing on here in Nashville and create an event out of it because I thought it was such an interesting test that I'd, I'd never heard of before. And so turns out that I ran for 200 and let's see, two hours and 30 minutes plus change 
14.4 miles, and I outlasted the the marathon runner. Although he did blast my bee on the course, he ran to the edge of the salt flats and back. It must have been some 20 odd miles at a blazing fast pace, sub seven fast, sub seven pace. Literally blew by me like a semi truck. My hair rustled up and everything. It was like insane. Um, but I ended up outlasting what I thought I would by 45 minutes, and I think. A large part of it was due to the new ASIC shoe, which, as you can see, it's a pretty thick sole, and it kind of forces you to have less impact on your knees, which saves energy. That's actually where most of the energy is consumed is the impact. And overall, I was really, really happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Sean is out there. I'm happy that I found this new motivation to show my kids that you know I outlasted however many people. And um, it was an experience unlike any other. But I wanted to share that with you guys because so many of you asked what this run was all about. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about this. Would you be interested in doing one? And a big shout out to ASICS for putting on this event. Kudos, honestly. The whole thing was constructed with such genius that I'm jealous that I didn't think of this idea myself. I'm so thankful and honored to be, have been a part of this. Also want to be sure that you guys check out Asics' new shoe called the Glide Ride. And other than that, that's all I got. If you guys haven't yet, make sure you hit the subscribe button. Rate and review the show. It really helps us out. And so let me just say this from personal experience. You are capable of way more than what you probably think you are. So push yourself, believe in yourself, and go out and test yourself because that's the way we truly grow. That's all the motivation I got for you guys. And thank you for listening. This is Andrew. Out.